It is Friday morning and it is time to check in with the Vancouver Suns, Vaughn Palmer. Good morning to you. And good morning, Jill. Ah, so much to get to. And once again, we are taking a look at housing, but a bit of an update there. Yeah, so you will remember uh, during the last two weeks of the fall legislature session, the government made a number of extraordinary claims about what its housing legislation would do. They claimed it would lead to the construction of more than 100,000 units of housing. And they also claimed, uh, to the astonishment of many observers of the housing market, that it would lead to a drop in prices. So... The opposition, particularly pay tribute here to Adam Olson of the Green Party, uh, said, are you just picking these numbers out of the air? Or, like, where does it come from, right? Oh, the government said, we'd never just pick numbers out of the air. They said, we have a model, an economic model. Oh, could we see it? No, it's not ready for release. Uh, the op- government many times asked to produce the model that underpinned all these incredible claims, and it just wasn't ready for release. Well... By an amazing coincidence, the Premier released the model yesterday, one week, one week after the legislature adjourned, so nobody can ask any questions about the model. It's now ready. Now, I hate to be cynical, Joe. Maybe there was a shortage of typists in the provincial capital or, you know, it was held up at the printers or the electronic version, you know, needed a bit of proofreading. Anyway, we now have the model. And what an incredible thing it is. It runs 200 pages. I've been through most of it, and I would have to say it's questionable, the government's (laughs) claim. (laughs) But one thing, hey, the New Democrats have doubled down. So during the session, they said... 130,000 units of housing over 10 years. They've now doubled that projection, 250,000 units of housing over 10 years. The other incredible claim they made was that it would actually lead to a drop in prices. They've scaled that down slightly. During the session, they said it would lead to a 14% drop in in prices. They're now saying, well, it's only 12%. But all of this, Jill, it won't surprise you, having been in this business a long time and seen many claims from government about what its programs are going to do, come with an awful lot of limitations. And in the long run, that's probably where the news is. Exactly. I I, I have not gone through uh, the 200 pages, Vaughn. But well, Why not? What kind of a journalist are you? you got nothing better to do than read 200 pages of economic modeling with graphs and charts? You want to get to sleep tonight? There you go. Yeah, I'm saving it for the weekend. That is my, my Saturday night plans. Uh, but I did look at, at some of the quotes in the release that went out, and I love some of the language in that yeah. it's going to boost supply elasticity. It yeah. is going to de-risk some of the uh, the uh, the industry, and it's going to be something that other provinces will emulate. Well, who cares yeah. if other provinces are going to emulate it? I mean, it was, I found it very uh, interesting language. I agree. My favorite thing so far in my reading of it is the 12% drop in prices, which was originally 14%, and now it's been scaled down to 12 When you read the actual report... That is not a prediction, homeowners or would-be home buyers, that actual prices will drop by 12%. Now, that, that's an, 
A person who heard a cabinet minister or the premier saying 12% drop in prices, which they said repeatedly, might go, oh, okay, so I look at my assessed value of my house or of a one that I want to buy, and thanks to this housing program, it's going to be 12% less. No, no, no. No, no, no. What it means is that, <laughs> I love this, what it means is that housing prices will not be as high as they would have been without this wonderful 200-page economic model. So if the government did nothing, house prices would go up, say, 17%. If they only go up 5% because of the model, well, that's a 12% drop in prices. Hmm. Wow. Um, <laughs> folks, don't try this at home with your, with your family budget. You're, you'll be in hawk to the bank very, very quickly if you do that kind of math. So the 12% drop in prices turns out to be, ah, uh, you know, mathematical trickery. It isn't anything. Uh, the most interesting thing in this report, however, is something for homeowners. If you own a place and you're wondering about the impact of this on your home. So you got a single-family home in a single-family neighborhood, and the government is going to allow the construction, is going to enforce the construction of four-unit multiplexes in your neighborhood. If you're near a transit station, you may be looking at a 20-story uh, condominium tower going up. And the, the government was asked during the session, and this is something that, really upset Adam Olson and his reaction to the Greens. He said, isn't this going to lead to like a windfall profit for somebody who owns one of these single family homes and can suddenly tear the place down and build four units or sell it to somebody who does that? And the government said, oh, no, no, no. We've, we've looked at this all over the world. And, you know, it, that's not what happens. You don't understand the economics of the housing market. Well, Joel, you read the fine print of this report, and it's clear that's exactly what will happen. Changing the zoning in single-family neighborhoods in this dramatic way will add value. It'll add value to any single-family home. It'll add a lot of value if you happen to live near a transit station or a bus loop. And the report deals at length with <clears throat> a phrase that's going to chill every homeowner, which is value capture. How does government capture that increased value? Well, one way would be development charges. If you charge the cost of adding infrastructure to the neighborhood and a school and all that to service all the extra people that are moving in, well, that would be value capture. And right now we do some of that with development charges. But the open question, Jill, is, as you know, housing property in BC, under the rules of the assessment authority, is assessed on highest and best use. Well, right now, the highest and best use of your single-family home is a single-family home because the zoning doesn't allow you to do anything else. It might allow you to build a laneway house. Going forward, you know, if you're sitting on a single-family home within, what, 800 meters of a bus loop, well, you could now have a 20-story apartment building on that site. And that's value added. And does government capture that, Jill, mm -hmm. by through property taxes? The report doesn't really say what's going to happen. But yeah, 
there's huge implications to this. They just don't bear out all the things the government claims would happen. No, exactly. Uh, Even in uh, those 200 pages, not all of those answers. And we are continuing now with the Vancouver Suns' Vaughn Palmer with the view from Victoria. And Vaughn also talking a little bit on the federal government and the emissions cap when it comes to oil and gas and a lot of reaction to that. Yeah, I'd like to go back, though, just briefly to this housing plan, the 200-pager, because um, when I started in this business a century ago or whatever it was, (laughs) one of the first things I got told was, you know, when the government puts out a report or an economic analysis, if it's really done by independent people outside government, look to the the statement of limitations. You know, a good academic, and several of them worked on this, or even a private modeling agency, will put a statement somewhere in there about the limitations of the survey. So the one in this housing survey we got, <coughs> premier released on Thursday, uh, runs about four pages. It starts around page 147 for anyone out there looking through the 200 <laughs> pages. And, and some of the things it says, you go, how valuable are these projections? For example... The authors assumed fixed interest rates. Well, what universe have they been inhabiting for the last three years? You know, one of the biggest obstacles to home ownership is getting your hands on a mortgage and uh, interest rates have been all over the map. Another assumption, they did not consider the constraints on local infrastructure. Well, when you talk to anybody on a local council or mayor, they go, look, if you're going to start adding fourplexes in a single-family neighborhood or 20-story towers around a bus loop, you are going to immediately run up against the problem of infrastructure and the carrying capacity of the sewers and all that and parking. And the report didn't look at that. Another limitation, it does not take into account local zoning and Um, um, housing plans because they don't know what they are. So they're making a whole bunch of assumptions about the impact on the 85 cities and towns that are impacted by this legislation and they don't know because they haven't analyzed it, the impact of existing zoning and uh, development plans. So, oh, and another one, their construction estimate doesn't really deal with labor shortages. Well, again, talk to anybody in the building industry. They say, if you're going to start making it easier to build 20-story towers, and that's the government's goal, around SkyTrain stations and bus loops, where are you going to find the workforce? It's going to come from somewhere else because we have a huge shortage of skilled construction workers. So is it really going to open up to the construction of 250,000 units of housing Or is it going to simply transfer the workforce from what would have been built anyway to the higher profit buildings that the government wants to see? So you read that statement of limitations and you go, gosh, the New Democrats have invested an awful lot in these forecasts. Jill, that forecast you're hearing from the government, that is mostly intended for public consumption between now and Election Day next year. We won't know for a longer time whether or not the assumptions in this model will actually deliver what the New Democrats claim they will deliver. 
Well, and like you said, Vaughn, uh, not to, to be cynical, but is anybody Ooh, expecting... Me? Cynical? <laughs> no. Or anyone. Do you think anyone is going to hold them to account? And, and when we don't see 200,000 new housing units and we don't see this reduction, even though, like you said, the reduction isn't a reduction in housing prices, it's, yeah. it's less of a, an increase. Do you think anyone's going to be disappointed or shocked that those things didn't materialize? I think what we will see is a real clash between the provincial government and local government. And I think it'll be coming at us fairly quickly because the limitations of this model mean that local councils and mayors and city bureaucracies are going to have to redo their zoning laws very, very quickly. And we've already seen that some municipalities, I'll use Langley as an example, are saying, you know, we're going to actually have to go back to square one on some of the projects we've approved because now we have to live with this new regimen. So I agree with your uh, question there, Jill, that uh, the actual results of this we'll know years after the next election. But the showdown over this, the provincial government's ambition versus the limitations of what a municipality can reasonably accomplish, uh, we're going to be seeing that starting right away. There's municipalities have been waiting for this detail. They now have to adapt to it. They've got to have themselves ready to roll in the new era by the end of June. And I think there's going to be a lot of fallout on that front. Especially because of that, if, if no one's holding the provincial government to account and expecting them to do this, how can they turn around and say, well, we might not, but you, you civic governments, you have to. Uh, yeah, well, uh, the voters' big chance to hold the New Democrats to account is coming uh, October the 19th, as the Premier again reminded us this week. Uh, but, you know, part of the challenge there is the holding to account is done by the opposition parties, and they are somewhat in disarray these days, to be generous about the situation. <laughs> that uh, is very, very true. All right, on that note, uh, we're, we're right out of time, so we'll talk yep, we'll oil, go back and to oil and gas Monday. another day. Yep, <laughs> All for right. sure. Thank okay, you. Okay, Jill, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is Vaughn Palmer, Vancouver Sun columnist, with his view from Victoria.